give God a hand of praise this morning, amen? Yes, come on, give God a hand of praise. Go ahead and wave at somebody, tell them what's up. If you're watching us online, go ahead and give us an emoji wave or hand, uh, what's up, uh, shaka, whatever. Go ahead and give us something, let us know you're there, and we welcome you, we love you, and uh, we're so honored that you're, we're able to get into your living room, and we're able to be there with you. I know some of you are home because of health concerns, and we pray for God's supernatural hand upon you as well. And I know some of you perhaps weren't feeling well today, and you stayed home. Thank you for that wisdom. You guys know that, right? If you're sick, you should not go to work, and you shouldn't go to church, and those things, right? If you're sick, stay home. Um, that is one of the things I—thank you, Mike. That's one of the things that I pray people learn from this pandemic more than anything, because I remember even when I was a classroom teacher, for those of you who don't know, I was a classroom teacher, and you would have students sent to school that, I mean, when they would breathe, bubbles would form in their nose. You know what I'm talking about? That thickness. And, and the kids and, and the parents would still send them to school. And, um, and, and you know what? If your child is sick, you should not send them to school. And if you're sick, you should not go to work. And if you're sick, you shouldn't come to church. Stay home. We pray for you. All right? Uh, but we welcome you. It's so awesome to have you and for us to be able to enter your living room. As a matter of fact, can, you, can we do something? Can you all give a hand of applause for those that are watching us online this morning? We all love you. We miss you. And um, No? There we go. And that, all right. And um, it's exciting because there's something that has restarted today at our church. And it's kids' ministry. Yeah. We have relaunched our kids' ministry solely for elementary age students at the moment. Okay? So right now for our, our elementary age students, uh, we have kids' ministry going on for them. We do have a cap because of our room size. Uh, we are capping it at 10 children for the moment right now. Um, so if any of you that are here or perhaps somebody that's watching online that you said, you know what, I haven't gone to church yet until they have something for the kids in person, uh, you can register your kids uh, because we do have a cap of 10. Just for We, we want to make sure that the same way that we did it nice and slow to get back into the building and, 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 and we, we capped it at, at 25, then we increased, and we've done it to be wise in the midst of all of this. We're doing the same thing with our kids' ministry. Uh, so they've, they're going on next door right now, and so you guys can register. If you have kids in elementary, we're not starting nursery yet. Okay, we're again, we're doing this, we're figuring this out, we're trying to be wise and do this little by little. Children do have to have their mask on the entire time. Uh, we are doing temperature checks on the children. Uh, we're not doing it to the adults, we, you know, but, but we're doing temperature checks on the kids because I, I know my kids sometimes, they, they don't tell me if they're necessarily feeling bad or whatever, and sometimes you just might notice. So we are doing temperature check on the kids to make sure that, that they're not running any fever when they're getting dropped off. And uh, we have the mask, plenty of everything, supplies, uh, everything is spread out, single use on the crayons. I mean, uh, we're, we're making sure that we get it done and done the right way. But that is exciting that we are getting our class backed for our students uh, because they need to be in fellowship as well. Amen. Uh, but praise God. God is good. God is faithful. I missed you guys last week. Uh, but I know that Pastor Fernie brought an amazing word. I heard it this week and I was ministered by it. As a matter of fact, I sent him a text message after I finished hearing it, and, uh, and I told him I'm proud to be able to say that I am your pastor and that uh, you are here and, 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 and that God uses you in such a mighty way. So I honor you, Pastor Fernie, right now publicly as well uh, for allowing God to use you and flow in you. Uh, because, you know, ministry is a team thing. 
Ministry is a team thing. I am called to pastor, but our church is only going to grow and blossom as strong as our team is. And um, it was actually an interesting thing because it was the first time in nine years that I have pastored 3W Church that I wasn't here on a Sunday because I was ministering somewhere else. Um, I, 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 was, I missed a Sunday when I was in the mission trip in Cuba, and I did preach on that Sunday there, but this was different. There's a, a couple of pastors that I mentor, and one of them had been wanting me to go and speak to his congregation, and, and, uh, and, and I have a team here at 3W Church that allowed me the opportunity to go bless somebody else in another church in our city uh, while he was here tearing the house up and uh, bringing a message from God. So uh, praise God for that. And I'm excited about being back home with each and every one of you because I missed y'all, man. I miss seeing my people. It was great to be somewhere else, but I miss seeing my people. And I hadn't seen somebody in a bit. So praise God. God is good. Can we give God one more hand of praise this morning? So we're getting back to Juicy Fruit today, and uh, we are entering the final stretch. Like, we're rounding third base to get home on the Juicy Fruit series. Uh, Today is actually part 10 of this series, and uh, we've been speaking about the fruit of the Spirit, and I want to remind you, the fruit of the Spirit is not a coconut. No, just kidding. Uh, That is a song, but just, it went over the head of those of you that don't have kids. Um, I hear that song all the time, but... The fruit of the Spirit is not in plural. It is one fruit of the Spirit. And I want to remind you on that. I mean, as a matter of fact, if, one, if, if there's one thing that you truly grab a hold of throughout this series is the fact that as a believer, you are to walk in every area of the fruit of the Spirit because it is one fruit. You cannot say, hey, I have this, but not that. It is all supposed to flow out of us, and it's not on anything that you guys do, all right? And you guys that are at home, it's not on anything that you're doing that allows this fruit to come out. It is a supernatural manifestation of the Holy Spirit flowing through us. And if you remember, Jesus said, I'm the vine, you are the branches. So when we ask Jesus to come into our heart, we are grafted into him, and the Holy Spirit flows then through the vine, through the branch, and produces the fruit. Now, let's, th- let's mention the fruit real quick. All of us, this is a, some of you, this is the first verse you have ever memorized, but I'm glad you got it, all right? Let's say Galatians 5, 22 and 23 all together. Are you ready? The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such, there is no law. That is the fruit of the Spirit. Now, the first three that we talked about, love, joy, peace, it it, it connects us in our relationship with God and and also to others, but primarily it's talking about that communion, that communication with God. The next three, patience, kindness, and goodness, that's about dealing with people. And today, as we enter the final stretch, the last three, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, This is how our character is to be expressed, right? This is an internal thing. This final three grouping, it's the principles that guide our conduct. Principles that guide our conduct. And we're going to be talking about faithfulness. Now, what does faithfulness mean? Faithfulness means full of faith, 
fidelity, loyalty. So when you're talking about faithfulness, it's talking about the fidelity, okay, the loyalty that we have to God, that God has towards us. But when you look up in the original language, this word faithfulness, it is the word pistis, P-I-S-T-I-S, and that is the same exact word that we find in the book of Hebrews when it talks about what faith is, and we'll get there in a minute. So I'm going to be referring to it as faith, even though the translation in this translation says faithfulness, in other translations it just says the word faith because it means full of faith. Ready with, are you with me? Say that, full of, faith. full of faith. Type it in in the comment box, full of faith. And let me tell you something, God is a God of faith. Therefore, because God is a God of faith, God expects faith in our spiritual lives. He expects faith. As a matter of fact, faith, is very important to God. It's very important to God. And why can I say that faith is important to God? Well, if you remember, first things first, you and I, we are saved by faith. What does the Bible say? It says, for by grace are you saved through? One more time. For by grace are you saved through? Faith. faith. Type it in the comment box, faith. For by grace are you saved through faith. We are saved by grace through faith, believing what God has done through Jesus for us to be able to have access to him, right? Now, there is the gift of faith. If you remember when we did the series on the Holy Spirit several months ago, and some of you are like, Pastor, you've been talking about the Holy Spirit for the last five months. Yes, and it's awesome because we need to learn more about the Holy Spirit. But if you remember when we talked about the gifts of the Spirit, in the Hello, My Name is Holy Spirit portion of that series, we talked about the gifts of the Spirit being divided into three groups. One of those groups being the gifts of power. And one of the gifts of power is the gift of faith. And it was the faith in believing for something impossible. Now, it's impossible for you and I, but for God, it's a regular day at the work, right? Like, it, it, it's normal for him. It's not impossible for him. For you and I, it's impossible. And at, and at times, the Holy Spirit deposits the gift of faith upon you for something supernatural in a moment, something that can happen and you believe for, right? And today, we're talking about the fruit portion or the fruit of faith. So there's three different instances there that we see on faith for us as believers. Now, what is faith? Go to Hebrews 11.1. 1. What is faith? Hebrews 11.1. 1. Hebrews 11.1 1 says it like this. Now, faith is the substance. In the Greek, is the word hypostasis. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. I'm going to read it one more time. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith is believing even though you can't see it. Now, as I was studying, I came across this description and I wrote it down and I'm actually going to read it word for word because it was so powerful and I don't want to mess it up. I don't want to Davidize it, all right? I want to make sure I say it the way I read it. And this is what it is. It says, faith is not denying circumstance. Rather, it is believing God's testimony and living in agreement with it. I'm going to read it one more time. I know some of you are trying to jot it down. 
I should have put it as a PowerPoint slide. My bad. I'm going to read it again. Faith is not denying circumstance. You can let that sink in for a minute. Faith does not deny the circumstance that you are facing. But rather, it is believing God's testimony. What is a testimony is what they speak, what they say. If you think about the court of law, and they talk about a witness being credible or not, do we believe their testimony, or are they perjuring themselves and lying? We believe God's testimony because he does not lie. So again, faith is not denying circumstance. Rather, it is believing God's testimony and living in agreement with it. It reminds me of when Peter walked on water. You ever, anybody here remember the story of Peter walking on water? Yeah, if you're online, put your hands up on that comment box if you remember Peter walking on water, all right? Peter was on the boat with the rest of the disciples and a storm arose. And Jesus, when he, because Jesus had told them to go ahead Jesus goes to pray, and when Jesus decides to go to the other side to meet with them, he starts walking on water across the sea. So Jesus is there, you know, walking on water. There's a storm. There's waves being tossed around, and the disciples see him. And anybody remember what they scream out? It's a ghost! And Jesus is like, nah, man, I'm real. And they're like, Peter... He looks at him and says, if it's really you, command me to walk on water. Jesus says to him, all right, Peter, come. And Peter steps out of the boat, and he begins to walk on water towards Jesus. Now, I want to draw your attention to something. The storm did not stop before Peter started walking on the water towards Jesus. Faith does not deny the circumstance, but it comes in agreement with the testimony of God. So the storm was still raging, and Peter started walking on the water towards Jesus. Then the Bible says that he looked towards the wind and the waves, and he began to sink. What happened? He took his eyes off of the testimony. He took his eyes off the promise. He took his eyes off what was giving him the power to walk on the water in the midst of the circumstance of a storm. He began to sink. Jesus didn't turn around and say, bro, swim back. I might have done that. Maybe for at least a split second. How long can you paddle? Let me see, can we see, let me see those feet. Peter, Peter, Pat, no. Jesus extended his hand, picked him back up, and together walked back to the boat. And when they got back in the boat, that's when Jesus spoke to the storm and the storm stopped. Many times we think that because we're in faith, the storm's just supposed to disappear. No, the faith is believing in the word of his testimony 
even in the midst of that storm. But the storm was raging. Sometimes people are like, oh, I'm not going to confess that I'm sick. Listen, I don't need you to go up there and put it on social media and tell everybody in the world that you're not feeling well or that you were diagnosed with something. But when you come in agreement with a prayer warrior connected through the Lord and you say, hey, my reality is this, but I am believing God's testimony. I am not defined by this cancer. I am not defined by this circumstance because my testimony that God says, that's what I'm clinging to. So I'm going to read it one more time. Faith is not denying circumstance. Rather, it is believing God's testimony and living in agreement with it. That's what faith is. Believing. And I ask you this question. How is faith produced? How is faith produced? I mean, we said it's important to God. The Bible says that each and every one of us is given a measure of faith. Did you know that? Each and every one of us is given a measure of faith. But how is it produced? How is it worked on? How is it maximized? Well, the Bible tells us in Romans chapter 10, verse 17. Romans 10, 17. Romans 10, 17. It says this. So then... Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing, those of you online, come on, tune in, we're on this, and hearing by the word of God. Can I tell you something that I find as a massive flaw in many Christians that I come across? This is Christians everywhere. I'm going to tell you what it is. They spend too much time listening to things that aren't the voice of the word of God. Let me preach to you for a second. I'm not even talking about that they're spending too much time watching sports or the latest telenovela. All right. I'm talking about Christians who do not read their Bible and all they do is spend time in worship. Pastor, you're saying not to worship. Listen to what I'm saying. Worship is massively important. It is elemental to our life as a believer. But worship is an expression to God, which we need to do constantly. His word is him talking back to us. And too many Christians spend their entire time just talking to God, whether it be through a song, listening to a song, doing a thing, or God, I need this, I need this, I need this, and God's there waiting to get a word in. You ever had a conversation with somebody that doesn't let you get a word in? And you're there like, uh, uh, and, and, and that's what happens. Oh, why can't I believe for this? Look at these people are believing and I can't. Well, <laughs> are you letting God talk to you? Because your faith is produced by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Hearing the word of God. As a matter of fact, I would even challenge you at times to read the word of God out loud so you can hear yourself read it, so your ears hear what you're saying. I listen to my Bible. I always have. 
As a matter of fact, I have be before the, the now that there's the U version and a ton of different apps that you can download, I used to have this big old wallet of CDs that had the Bible. And I would listen to it and I'd put it in my car. And before that, if you've been a Christian a long time, before the Bible was on CD, it was on cassettes. All right? And the cassettes of the Bible was like a binder this big, but it was like a box, okay? I remember, I think I still had that after when we got married, and Patty's like, why do you still have that? Like, it's now on CD. And I'm like, because it's the Bible. Like, you know, I don't even own a cassette player anymore, but I want in my box, you know? I'm not that old, bro. Falta respeto. He just asked me if I had it in eight tracks, too. If I was a Christian at that point in time or alive, I probably would have had it on Atrex too. Falta respeto. I love you, bro. I love you. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I actually encourage you. In the car, listen to scripture as you drive. Many of us listen to books as we drive. And that's great. Audible also has the Bible. Listen to the Bible. Listen to the word. You'd be surprised how God can talk to you when you actually listen. Because he's always talking. We just don't listen. So faith comes. How do we get faith? Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Now look at what John chapter 20, verse 30 and 31 says. John chapter 20, verses 30 and 31 says, And truly, Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. There's another verse that actually talks about the fact that there wouldn't be enough things to contain, not enough material to contain the miracles that Jesus did. Remember, Jesus batted 1,000. In baseball, we think a player is good if they can bat 300. Three out of 10 times they get a hit, we think they're a good hitter. Jesus, man, he never even foul-tipped. If they threw the ball seven feet away from the plate, he just reached over and knocked it out for a home run. Okay? Then verse 31 says, But these things are written, why? That you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. Faith comes by testimony. By testimony. What testimony? Well, the testimony of our Father, who what he says is always true and comes to pass. The testimony that we read in Scripture. By hearing the testimony of what God did in other people's lives. It is imperative, listen to me, it is imperative that if God does something in your life, you tell somebody about it. Because that testimony will encourage the faith in another believer to continue to believe. I shared a testimony in our first service. Uh, Alexandra was here. She's next door in kids ministry, now in second service. But... Alexandra um, got a, a wart on the bottom of her foot. And uh, she's getting older. She's seven, so we, you know, we don't shower her uh, uh, anymore. She showers herself, right? So we hadn't noticed she had a wart on the bottom of her foot. 
And uh, during this time of the pandemic, just a couple weeks ago or a couple months ago, um, we noticed that she stepped and she kind of said, ow, or something or other. And long story short, we, we, we said, let's look at your foot. Something's not right. And, and we found the wart. And, and, and it had, and I was like, mama, when, when did this, when, when did you get this? And it had started months and months before. She just never told us, right? So we're like, all right, well, we, we got to deal with the wart. So we went to, made an appointment with the podiatrist. And um, because of coronavirus, only one person's allowed. So I, I'm, I, I do the doctor visits when it's things like that. That's uh, my area of strength uh, <laughs> and uh, not my wife's. Um, so when it's something, if it's a regular checkup, she's got it. But if it's something that's going to, you know, require some intensity shots or any type of this, that, that's, that's dad. And so I, I took Alexander. As a matter of fact, we even was like, Alexander, who do you want to take you to the doctor? And she was like, dad. <laughs> so I take her to the podiatrist and um, we sit her down and, and the doctor looks at the bottom of her foot and says, yep, it's a wart. And uh, she looks at me and she says, dad, this is going to H-U-R-T. And, um, and I looked at her and I says, yes, we already told her this was going to hurt. <laughs> um, and um, she's like, this is a process. I don't freeze it. I burn it with acid. And um, it hurts a lot. And I got to cut it. The scalpel. Got to cut it. And then pour the acid. And it's probably going to take eight, maybe nine or ten visits to get all the way to the bottom of it. And I look at Alexandra, and Alexandra looks at the doctor, and she's like, a dermatologist, the dermatologist freezes it, and sometimes they can do it in one. But that's not the process we use. So what do you want to do, Dad? And I looked at Alexandra. I said, Mama, what do you want to do? And you can tell the thing was already hurting. Like it was bothering her, right? She goes, I'm already here, Dad. Let's go. Let's do it, you know? And we're like, all right, let's go. Let's do it. We put on our worship. We put on their stuff, holding down her knee and her leg. Because this is not like they put anesthesia. This is like literally scalpel, get it, start cutting it, put the thing. And uh, she's tough, man. Alexandra is tough. All my girls are. Abigail is like me. I feel like she feels no pain. Um, if she tells you she doesn't feel well, run. Um, but Alexandra, she, she's tough, man. And... Um, she just had her foot there, and they started scraping it. And they did as much as they could that first day. They poured the acid. They wrapped it. And again, th the doctor said, this is going to take eight, maybe nine or ten visits. So we got home. I told my wife, hey, this is what it's going to take, this out of the other. And so we started doing something. Every single day, we prayed over her foot and had her pray that the wart would dry from the inside on the way out. We prayed every single day. The wart was still there. We still were going to the doctor. And can I tell you something? When we got to the third doctor's visit and she pulled out the scalpel, she went and she says, there's nothing left to cut. And she looked at Alexandra and said, you graduated. You don't have to come back. Again, this doctor had just told us a month before this could take eight, maybe nine or ten. But we were in faith that even while going to the doctor, because there's some people that's like the super faith, so then they're not even going to go to the doctor. No. We, we go to the doctor, and we follow recommendation. True or not? 
In fact, look around this building. We're wearing masks because it is the recommendation to help slow the spread of the coronavirus. Y'all, I have mine in my pocket. I took it off when I got up here to the front. And I'm distanced from you, right? We listen to what a doctor may say, but our faith is not in the doctor. So we went to the podiatrist. And why am I sharing this testimony? Maybe one of you today here, in person or online, listening to the Spotify, whatever, you're going through a circumstance and you are standing in faith, and, but you're saying, I'm in faith, but I still don't see it. I still see the ward. And the doctor told me it's going to take eight visits. What does faith say? God says I'm your healer, and I can use the doctor, but it's going to be a whole lot faster when I do it from the inside out. So I share the testimony because your faith is going to come and grow by the word of God, by the testimonies in scripture, and by the testimonies of your brothers and sisters that say, look what God did in my life. It is imperative that if God does something in your life, you tell somebody. Come on, can you say that? And online, can you put it in? Tell somebody. One, two, three. Got to tell somebody. Tell somebody. Tell somebody about what God has done in your life. Are you with me this morning? Yes. All right. Now, I want you to write this down. Faith pleases God. Faith pleases God. Hebrews 11.6 says this. Hebrews 11.6. And by the way, if you've never read Hebrews chapter 11, that's your homework for this week. Read Hebrews chapter 11. It is the chapter of faith. If you Google search chapter of faith, that's what comes out. Okay? It is the chapter of faith. It's the one that we just read at the beginning where it said, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Hebrews 11 says this, says, without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So if the scripture says that without faith, it is impossible to please God, I can say with authority, faith pleases God. I, mean, I, I can prove it to you. Tell me, prove it to me, Pastor. Do you remember the story when Jesus was walking around? He was with his disciples. And somebody came to ask for prayer for a servant of theirs. And Jesus said, I'll go with you. And the guy said, no, 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 no. Listen, you're a busy man. And like you, I'm a man under authority. And I tell soldiers to go here or go there, and they go. You don't need to come. Just send the word, and they'll be healed. Do you remember Jesus' response? I haven't seen faith like this in all of Israel. And I promise you, he probably had, if we had a camera there watching it, he probably had a big old grin on his face and said, I haven't seen faith like this in all of Israel. A faith that believed, that says you don't even got to go, just say it. Faith pleases God. Faith pleases God. And again, we're talking about the fruit of faith or faithfulness in our life. And this fruit needs to be demonstrated and it's part of our character, all right? I want you to jot this down. Faith must be kept. Faith must be kept. 
The Bible says in 2 Timothy 4, 7, 2 Timothy 4, 7, this is Paul writing towards the end of his life to Timothy in the second letter to Timothy. He says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now, what do I mean by keeping the faith? Listen, the reality is that when things happen, our perspective changes. Do you remember when you were a kid or maybe you have little kids and they think that every movie, the people are real? They go to Disney World and they see Anna and Elsa and it's like, they came from Arendelle. I never forget, um, our girls are massively blessed. And and I I say that with zero shame and zero reservation. Our girls are so blessed. And um, they they are so blessed that God turns bad things into great things for them. And the Bible says he will do that, right? But, but when Frozen just came out, if you remember, if, if you, how many of you have little girls, daughters, or nieces? Okay, all right. Disney was not expecting Frozen to be the hit that it was. So they didn't order enough merchandise. And if you remember, when Frozen came out, you could not find any frozen memorabilia. As a matter of fact, if you, went, if you found something, they limited. You could only buy two or you can only buy whatever, right? So one of the girls, and, and I think it was Abigail at the time, woke up not feeling well. So we made an appointment to take her to the pediatrician. And we went to the pediatrician, and the pediatrician, you know, had to do the whole nose swab. This is way before coronavirus, but that's how they test for the flu and strep throat and stuff through this. Stuck the thing up her nose. She cried. It, it, a- Abigail, she's tough, man. She has no, she doesn't feel pain. But if you tell her you're going to the doctor's office, she's like, oh, I don't know if I want to, you know? So we said, Mama, we, you, you were so brave. We're going to go get, you know, we're going to get you a little surprise or a little thing. So we, we went from the doctor's office over to Dadeland. And the Disney store hadn't opened yet. It was about to open. Uh, they actually, they got, let her do the opening ceremony thing or whatever. And they had just gotten a shipment of dresses. So she got her frozen dress, her Elsa dress. And uh, we went to Disney a short time after. And it, it, she's the only girl pretty much in the whole park with an with a Elsa dress. Because they were just on back order. They didn't exist. Well, that dress when we were getting out of the Peter Pan ride, God bless the Peter Pan ride, (laughs) the original frozen dress that they sold at the stores, the tail, the train of the dress was very, very long, like actually like the movie, right? And when she got off the ride, the tail of her dress got caught on the the walkway, the the electric walkway that walks next to the, the thing. And it ate it and it started pulling. It started ripping her, like pulling her, her dress. The attendant froze, like, you know, like, it was like frozen, um, but the attendant froze or whatever. I'm the one that actually, I just jumped and took the dress off of her. And uh, we always have them with outfits underneath their dress, but it, I mean, it messed up the dress. And um, she was bawling, my dress, it stuck to the thing. I tell Patty, it's like, just take her to Small World, it's right across, right? Just, just go, right? I'll deal with this. So long story short, they, they got us a new dress but they took it up a notch. They took her and escorted her all the way to the front of the pavilion where you got to meet Elsa. And Elsa gave her the new dress. Now, I'm getting somewhere with this story, all right? She was like, Elsa 
gave me a dress. She got a dress from me. Like that dress stopped fitting her six or seven months later and she didn't give it to her sister. She's like, no, this is the dress Elsa gave me. That's childlike faith. And too many times as believers, we let that faith die. And we stop believing God for the supernatural. That's what I'm talking about. Your faith must be guarded. Do not allow the cynicism of earth, of the problems, of the circumstance, of the waves, to rob you of believing because God's testimony is true. His testimony is true. And that's what Paul wrote. Man, I, I fought the good fight. I went all 10 rounds, Timothy. All 10. I have finished the race. But I can lay my head on one thing. I've kept the faith. And too many times I'm seeing more and more people that have been believers for so long, walking away, giving up, throwing it to the side, allowing the cynicism and the different things to come in and walking away from what God has for them. And it's because they haven't guarded the faith. They haven't continued to feed the faith. You think about it, my wife and I were talking about this the other day, and it's interesting when God talks again, Faith comes by hearing, hearing the word of God. Whatever it is that you're like studying, you're looking. You, it, it, I mean, ha, how many of you had a dream, like a car that you like wanted and you never saw that car? So it's one of the reasons like you like pick the car and once you get that car, you see it everywhere. You know what I'm talking about? Why do you see it everywhere? Because now all of a sudden everybody has it. No, it's because what you like right now, it's so your eye catches it, right? Your brain works that way. It's the way your brain works. So when you're doing that, God will speak to you over and over again. Do you know what God's really been speaking to us, my wife and I, as, as we've been doing through this and seeing this during the pandemic and all this stuff? All of these kings who would start their lives right and start tearing down the altars and do this and do that or do the other. But you know what would happen many a times? At one point in time or the other, they would start shying away. Hezekiah did it. And Hezekiah got to the point... That when, when, the, when the prophet said, you're messing this up and the kingdom's going to be stripped but, and whatever, he says, well, but what you're telling me is good news because you're saying it's going to happen in my son's kingdom. I'm going to see peace. That's rough. So I challenge you, whether you've, just, I mean, if you just came to Christ or you've been a believer for 10 years, 15, 30, 40, 60, however long, guard your faith. Cling to God's testimony because it's true. And don't allow the voices and the, uh, and the words and what other people say and, and the testimony of other people to change what God has said. Guard the faith. Protect it. And like Paul, be able to say, fought the good fight. I finished the race. But man, above all, I've guarded the faith. Will you continue to believe God for the impossible? 
Will you continue to believe God for the miracle? Will you continue to believe that even though you don't see right now your son or your daughter serving God, they're going to surrender fully and get back on the horse and serve God with all that they got? That even though your husband or your wife is not pursuing God or doing what they need to, you're going to see them surrender fully to God? That even though we see our nation at the point of almost disaster, we're going to see God's faithfulness. Continue the faith. Guard it. And believe for the impossible. Come on, let's go ahead and stand to our feet. You are good, good. surrendered yourself to him fully. Perhaps you walked away and went on to get right with him today. And you say, Pastor, what does it take? Man, it's so easy. The Bible says that if you believe in your heart and you confess it with your mouth, you shall be saved. So if today you say, I want to ask Jesus to come into my heart, I, I want to get right with him. I just want you to say this prayer out loud. Even if you're watching us online or if you're listening to this as a, as a podcast, right there even where you're listening to it, say it out loud. And church, pray it with them and say, God, God I'm, a I'm a sinner and on my own, and on my own I, can't get to you. I can't get to you. But I believe, but I believe that, Jesus is your son, that Jesus is your son, that he came to earth lived the perfect life, died on the cross, and rose from the grave to pay the price of my sin, of my unrighteousness. So today, I ask Jesus, come into my heart, write my name in the book of life. And God, from now on, I'm yours, and you are mine in Jesus' name. Man, if you did that today for the first time, you need to tell somebody. You need to give that testimony. And you can right there in the comment box put Jesus. If you're here in person, you can see Pastor Fernie or myself or Monica after service. Or you can text us, Jesus, to 786-226-7343. I want to pray for you, God, this morning. I pray for those of us that have allowed our faith to grow cold, that have allowed skepticism, cynicism, and the cares of this world to rob us of having faith in your testimony. Father, like Peter, we've looked at the waves and we've begun to sink. And Father, I thank you for I know that when we call out to you like Peter called out to Jesus, you will stretch out your hand and bring us back to walk over that water. Father, I pray that we may walk in faith. 
Father, that we will be loyal to you, faithful to you. Father, that we will cling to your promises. And Father, I declare that we walk in this faith, for you are good. In Jesus' name. Come on, sing that out.